Welcome to Cinco, another episode of Reptile Fight Club, another clip show. What's going on? I'm Justin Julander, and here with me in the show, Mr. Chuck Poland. Hey yo, hello, hey. oh, back again. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, yeah. Hey, get down. Get Turn down. on. I- How's life? Oh, Ruby! Uh, oh my God! With Ruby. <laughs> She's trying to get on here. She's not one minute in, and we're on. already battling what with Ruby. What the hell, dude? call. call. Seriously, uh, what was that? She's just. She's what did she big, do? I, I missed that. She. So my cord for my headphones was like <laughs> drooping down, and she like jumped up to like kind of get me to pay attention to her, and she just <laughs> caught the cord and ripped them right off my head. <laughs> All I will right. not well, be denied. To a good start. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Tip, nice. Typical, typical yeah. shenanigans at my house. For sure. How's life? Uh. Good, good. Life's good. good. Just, uh, yeah, trying to uh, trying to manage a busy life, you know. Just uh, yeah. aren't we all? <laughs> yep. So yeah, work's been pretty nuts uh, lately. So yeah, um, same here. Same here. Um, yeah, it is what it is, I guess. But yeah, my daughter just brought me a drink. What a sweet, nice, lady. <laughs> sweet lady DDP. I guess they did it wrong, so it is not sweet, sweet lady DDP. What? Some, I think it's some Mountain Dew drink. I don't know. Ah, uh, I don't know. That's the the vice in Utah is the dirty sodas. The dirty, <laughs> There's like a dirty, the dirty, so- dirty soda. Do you guys have that in California? Like a dirty sodas? soda shop on? Oh, like it, yeah, like pop shops or whatever. I don't know. It's like a little shack that sells uh, like soda with additives like flavors like peach or oh you know yeah my go-to is like the ddp with uh peach oh my gosh hold on (laughs) ruby's heard of it i guess she's trying to chime in there (laughs) but yeah utah utah is uh uh, i guess (laughs) with so many uh members of the church of jesus christ latter-day saints we've uh you know our our vices are a little more tame (laughs) yeah (laughs) but yeah there's there's, you're you're just you're just sinning with sugar. That's uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> some, some, I remember uh, in Australia seeing my first drive-through uh, like uh, alcohol shop or whatever. Oh like, yeah. What are those? Yeah. Anyway, it was liquor store. Fun, so. No <laughs> liquor store. There you go. I, I'm searching for the words. I, yeah, I really am from Utah. So <laughs> no, that's, that's, um, but yeah. That's, so yeah. We uh, we 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 stop by and grab a big drink every once in a while. Nice, a dirty soda. <laughs> Yeah, when no, we're feeling I don't, wild. <laughs> I don't know anything. I don't know anything about that. the The best we have yeah. is drive through taco shops. So it's that uh-huh. dirty, 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 <laughs> dirty burrito. That <laughs> oh man, dude, those they, they, uh, we stopped at a spot. Hate. We we picked up Eric from the airport and hit some taco shop. I think that was before you joined us, but the, uh, yeah. on the trip to California, but. Oh my goodness! Those are some good, good tacos. Fish I'm telling tacos, you, that's like the best places. Like, yeah, yeah. Man, so, it was just some random shop on the way that was, you know, yep. That's, and that's how it is, know, man. That fantastic. is totally how it is. Yeah, yeah you just yeah. You, it's when, like when usually in, the when best taco California. shops are like, <laughs> yep, hole yep. in the wall. Like, yep. what the heck? Or why do we? Family what are we owned. doing here? And you eat it, and you're like, yeah. oh, that's what we're doing. This here. is why. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I really yeah enjoy like Mexican all the good taco man. shops are they're they're all they're all out of like old old like fast food restaurants that look like mm-hmm. they were conceived in the seventies and like it's just <laughs> yeah. like you know eighty yeah. coats of paint on the place and but it's just like the greatest tacos <laughs> the ever food is so. fantastic yeah yep yeah yeah well that was a good trip um yeah I'm just thinking about those tacos man getting a little hungry it's good i haven't had my dinner yet yeah sorry i (laughs) yeah didn't mean to didn't mean to get you no no i I brought it up so it's my own dang stick to the soda shack yeah all right well um how's herp life you got some good stuff herp life's cool yeah it's kind of slow yeah (laughs) yeah it's slow i mean i'm not doing much um 
Yeah, you know, I'm a little bit around here. I mean, we're up into yeah, the double digits here. now. So, well, okay, yeah, fair. I guess <laughs> you guys got yeah, snow, I, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw yeah, snow in did. Joshua um, Tree, or yeah. yeah did you guys get any in southern in San Diego? Or no, oh no, no, no. Well, I mean, at elevation we did. Yeah, yeah you know, probably. like like uh, we got Cleveland snowed on, didn't we? In in Julius. Southern California or in uh, Julian, didn't we get snowed on? Or did That's, it not snow? Maybe I don't. It was it was cold though. It was cold up yeah. there. I mean, yeah. and that was in. It did snow last there? year. It did snow last year up there because yeah. we went up there. But I don't think that was when you guys were there. No, so. it was probably just rain. But I just remember yeah. it being cold. And little rain. little late. Maybe that's a little late. Little late in the season for snow from when you guys were there. Yeah. Still, yeah, still man, late. we're getting dumped on here. We've got feet on the ground. <laughs> you are, you, are you? Are you just? shredding the are you just shredding the <laughs> the uh the slopes oh yeah okay we went up the other night holy crap it was just a powder paradise it was so nice it was a little windy but i mean we we tried to go a couple different spots and the wind just prevented it like blew you off the, yeah. the edge you couldn't go anywhere on a snowboard so but yeah it was really fun me and my daughter ashley went up and hit the slopes for uh for an evening but nice yeah, good stuff. Nice. But now it's warming up. It's probably going to crest up a bit. So hopefully, I think we we got snow later in the week, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, I um, I don't know, man. I had a freak out where I was just like, it has been so, you know, my temperatures have gotten just like highs in the 50s, lows in the 40s. And it's just been like that. No sun rain and i'm like i'm pulling the diamonds inside like i, I just like they <laughs> yeah. they stopped they completely stopped basking they were completely um, hiding like yeah. i would go in to check on them and they are absolutely so cold and i'm just like mm-hmm. ah like i oh, know you guys can <laughs> yeah. do this i know i'm like I, i'm not like i'm not scared from like the i think they're gonna die thing <laughs> yeah but like is it pep talk it's not you it's me yeah exactly it's like do i need to do this to you like are we are we you know i feel like i'm being unfair in our relationship if i could (laughs) you know if you want to come inside they want to come inside too so i brought them brought them inside and they've been in for the past couple (laughs) days so it's it's finally the the rain and the the kind of the crappy weather stopped so we got some sun it was the first day you know in Mm -hmm. probably like a week that i've seen the sun so and it kind of you know um, I basked in the sun today, so I'm like, ah, I should yeah. put them back outside so they can start basking in the sun and uh, they yeah. can deal with those cold nights. But as long as they, you know, can warm up a little bit, I'm I'm okay. Or or, or as long as they have, you know, a few days, I just get I just get worried because I don't have like deep insulated cover for them and you know extended periods of cold with no warm-up just it does make me a little nervous so that's yeah. my that's my big woo going on <laughs> around here which you know nice not the biggest woo but uh it is to me so yeah uh, we're we're hitting up above 30 i was out basking Whoa. today too you know the sun was yes. shining we were 30 are you guys degrees. walking around in shorts nice and, and stuff <laughs> <laughs> oh there are people yeah even like I was walking on campus during, and it was it was snowing, you know, and it was cold, like you know, single digits cold, in yeah. Fahrenheit. And uh, yeah, this girl walks by in a little mini skirt. Like, what are you trying to prove here? You know, like, come on. But yeah, it's you know, there's people notorious for walking around in yeah. shorts in Utah yeah. in the winter. But. So, so fraternity row for San Diego State is like on kind of on College Avenue, and it's like kind of a main thoroughfare. And at, it, mm. you know, like when when I lived over by there, uh, it was you know in the middle of winter, freezing cold, and these mm. sorority girls are just walking in the skimpiest outfits. Like, what are you? <laughs> what are you doing? Dude? Yeah, like, yeah, forget that. <laughs> They're, they're up to no good. Huh? Yeah, that's right. Uh, well, good times. But yep. Did I did I tell you I got got? Did we already talk about the about the ultrasound? ultrasound? Yes, yeah. uh, I tried so it out. Have you, have yeah, with it more. Um, no, I did get some gel though. I just nice. got, I just haven't had time to get out there and do anything. I, I took my daughter on a little. Yeah, I took a little trip down to Southern Utah to take my daughter on some uh, college tour time. You know, it was like a junior preview thing, and so we went down to Price and St. George, Utah. So nice. Checked out a couple local colleges, but um, 
Yeah, got got a little uh, winter herping out there, you know. Found some feathered herps, but I figured I figured none of the scaled ones out. No opportunity yeah. wasted. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah, feel like I feel well. like I feel like I feel like your whole birding thing is because like once <laughs> the reptiles are hunkered down, you can you can find the flying dinosaurs still. It, so you're like it ah. really, it really is an outlet for that for sure. Yeah. Like no, I know, get it. I, I mean, I kind of I make fun I, of you for it and I will always yeah. <laughs> I will always lambast you but I'll disturb, um, I, I, I mean that's, I, I do understand yeah it's it's definitely I mean I definitely need you know to get some uh guff for that but you know it's fun yeah I enjoy that's it. that's fair well seems you, like a lot can, of herpers are our old you know we, well I, there's there's quite a few reptile people that go into yeah, birding as well Keith, you know Keith is, yeah, yeah, I would say he, Keith well, might Keith's be the bird. He was a birder before Keith. he was a herper. I, I was going to say Keith might <laughs> the same actually time, be a least. bigger birder nerd than you. Yeah, yeah, so. he kept a lot of different cool bird yeah. pheasants and yeah. yeah. So you don't keep Good you stuff. don't keep birds though, right? You don't have any birds at the house. No, right? I had a I had a rainbow lorikeet that I just loved. It was the yeah. best. I mean, it would talk to me and stuff, and I, but I was, no, like rare high dollar. No rare. Well, I mean, he was—he wasn't cheap, but right. yeah, no, nothing like no cockatiel. I mean, I don't want to. Yeah, go like they're not—they're not expensive as far as some birds go, though, right? Like, I mean, yeah, they're under a thousand. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And I and I traded a few snakes and some cash for him. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. My dad, my dad bird. had a, a, a an African gray. And that oh, bird yeah. was cool. Those things are they're, cool, they're man. Smart, they are, they're yeah. very smart. Like you could, you could yeah. hear like my stepmom and my dad would both say the same things, and you could hear the tonal inflection the tonal, of yeah. who the that bird was mimicking. And mm-hmm. the only thing that it sucks about you know those birds is they tend to imprint onto one person, yeah. and they yeah. ate they're everybody jealous. else. Yes. Yeah. Oh my yeah. gosh. And that's the that's the real tragedy of keeping those large parrots in in captivity. I, w- I watched a nature program. Uh, I think I think it was nature, but it was talking about parrots in captivity, and it was heartbreaking. You know, yeah. like movies will come along with a talking parrot or something, and then everybody rushes out and buys these you know big birds, and then they find out really quick that that they're Bad. not great for. <laughs> Homes, no. you know they they screech and squawk and like you said they imprint all over the place can, yeah they can make be very destructive and, and yeah and you know if you and if you don't pay enough attention they'll start you know barbering you know pulling out their feathers and stuff so yeah. it's really yeah. a sad thing so yeah, yeah they're just some I mean it's it's kind of along the same lines as like a croc monitor or you know there's yeah. just very few people that can handle, handle yeah. a, an animal like that. Yeah, you know? it, it so my Aussie buddies that have like outdoor aviaries and like provide them, you know, flight air, you know, large yeah. outdoor I th- aviaries. I th- I th- honestly which, think that's, you know, I mean yeah. like with croc monitors like with any yeah. other, you yeah. know, like you got to you just you go the extra mile, and even that's kind of a poor substitute, you know. And For sure, yeah. And, and then mean, you know, you're like, why are you breeding these? Who are these going to? You know, not people with flight aviaries. You know, it's kind of. No, that's, that's. I mean, I, I think it's it's such a hard thing because I definitely think that you know you should be able to keep and breed just about anything you you want, but. You know how many people can care for those? Maybe, maybe they supply zoos or something. That would be a yeah. nice thing. You know, if, yeah. if there's a, an opportunity. I know Terry Phillip was saying that there just isn't a very good selection for venomous reptiles anymore. Like yeah, it's very hard to find because you know they're not importing them anymore, and then nobody's working with them. So it's yeah, yeah it's kind yep. of tricky. Yep. Um, I don't yep. know. That's another topic, another day, right? Not all press let's, is let's, good press. <laughs> Let's get into Cinco here. Cinco! Clip show. Not Cinco You know, just to kind of remind the listener, we like to kind of go through the old old, uh, shows and kind of discuss, you know, a little bit if we've had any new insights or ideas onto them or just kind of, you know, rehash or whatever. So um, the first one, show number 41, was the maternal versus artificial incubation. And I I don't know. I I really, I, I haven't done it in a while. And I, I just think it's, you know, having the cage set up. And, you're you're, and, you're you speaking know, about uh, maternal. Maternal right? incubation. I, yeah, I have done artificial quite a yeah. bit. But, but you know, and, and some some females are better than others. Like, I, I'm expecting a black-headed python clutch any day now. But I don't think she would, 
yeah, girl, you don't girl trust, those you don't trust, I would not her, trust right? her. Yeah. yeah. So she's, she's not the best mother. And, and I wonder in the wild, if black headed pythons, they are, yeah, yeah. semi-tropical yeah. distribution, how often they stay. I'm, I'm sure they yeah. probably do. And she's just, you know, a captive. So, you know, I don't need to do that. He'll take them from me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That's right. But I, I think if, you know, it's, it's a very rewarding thing. It's very exciting to see those babies hatch out from their mother's coils. Um, sure. I, I keep thinking with your outdoor setups, you know, if you, mm-hmm. you could, uh, allow them to try that out, but I don't know if I'd do it with diamond pythons, maybe yeah, with the coastals. I, yeah. Well, I <laughs> yeah. definitely not. I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, getting a clutch last year from the coastals outdoors, maybe mm-hmm. if they lay this year, I don't know. It depends on when they lay and how, how, you know, where, where we're at and, and yeah. uh, I might, I might let them, I mean, I've got, you know, I've got a, a, a cane heat mat in there and a thermostat mm-hmm. that, um, I can moderate temperature. And, um, yeah. so, I mean, yeah. I, it definitely could happen. No problem. Yeah. 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 For sure. So give, give them a, a steady, uh, state temp. I mean, yeah. and, and diamonds in the wild, like they leave their clutch regularly to bask and, and things yeah. like that. So, um, they, they know what they're doing. They, they can do it to the best of their ability, but there was a paper that, uh, uh, shine published that showed like s- sometimes females leave the eggs in the wild and, mm-hmm. and the eggs die or the eggs crash, yeah. you know, or they have, uh, retained eggs, even wild, uh, uh, pythons have been known to have retained eggs. So kind of an interesting you know thing to think about, but. Um, I, I'd recommend it. I, and we really, I, I want to kind of put out a call to arms. We really need a good scientific study to, to see if, you know, if there's some measurable benefit of maternal incubation. I think there have been relatively few published studies and they have their challenges, but mm-hmm. that would be really cool to see, you know, from, a you know, some, somebody that has a, a lot of the same species that they could have half of them maternally incubate and half of them take away. But I, I, I think a, a even better study would be to take half the clutch and maternally incubate half the clutch and let them, yeah. um, or artificially incubate half the clutch and maternally incubate the other half. Just so you, you're comparing the Apple same yeah. clutch, yeah. same clutch. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yep. Yeah. So, and I mean, that's, I you know, that, you got to be, be there. You got to be there when that gets laid. And there's a lot of, yeah. sure, there's a lot to that, 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 uh, you know, makes mm-hmm. it challenging. And, and frankly that, you know, that's a lot of work, uh, but yeah, you know. yeah. I wouldn't mind getting like a, a bank of cages set up just for maternal incubation, you know, that yeah. has, has a heat pad or something, some kind of hot spot that stays pretty constant, you know, that they could hang out under. I mean, I, I have done it in rack situations for some of yeah. the anteresia. Um, I've done it in cages for some of the carpets, um, but never more than one or two a season, you know, and yeah. it was mostly like, Oh, the incubator's full. You know, they're, yeah. they're in a, they're in a spot where they could do it in their cage. And, well, and, and you know, we talk about maternal incubation, but we're, we're maternally incubating in a controlled environment. Yeah. You know what right. I mean? So it's kind of like, uh-huh. like, that's yeah. why, I, that's why I, I kind of agree with you. Like maternally incubating outside. That's, that yeah. you know, that's the cat's meow of maternal Where, incubation, yeah. right? You know what I mean? Where they have to rely on the sun, and you know, they have to know. And you know, I think if they've been outside for a few seasons, they're going to know yeah. when the season is and when yeah. to lay and those kind of things. But I don't know. You wonder about that too, because if they're high, hardwired or you know uh, they've they've adapted millions of years to a certain environment and place in Australia, and then all of a sudden they're in Southern California, it might be similar. I think, you know, something like a coastal carpet that has a more wide distribution might be able to adapt to that and where it gets, you know, cold, like, you know, maybe your habitat's similar to Sydney or something. I don't know. So it'd be interesting to see, you know, how that went. I I mean, I think successfully do that. I think, I think, you know, if they, you know, I think especially here when it starts to warm up, we tend to hit a pretty steady where, you know, maybe it'll drop down and maybe those eggs thermal pause and, 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 but, you know, usually a couple of days it warms back up and then they're back to kind of going again. So I really, really, it'd be interesting to look at, you know, temperature data uh, over those periods when, you know, if take it from when they lay to, you know, look at, like what what those temperatures look like and overlap that with what they're doing and see yeah. you know how how you know whether they're like kind of making 
you know, date, time, seasonal decisions or whether they're making purely temperature based, and, you know, and, mm-hmm. and see that successive years to see how those compare. I don't know. Yeah. That'd be, be interesting to see. You be know, pretty cool. Yeah, I could see I like a cool bank of cages in your backyard that have, you know, several pairs. And I oh mean, gosh. that'd be cool. Yeah. Just what my neighbors want to see, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. Well, you don't want them to see. <laughs> right. Well, yeah. it's a little t- – I mean, Southern California, man, uh, houses yeah. are built on top. Um, I'm, That's true. You know. Not a lot of space. Yeah, you may yeah. have to wave at your neighbors. I can throw rocks at mine. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Yeah. All right, show 42, herping, is it luck or skill, mainly luck or skill? I thought – I mean, that was kind of more of a fun I – mean, yeah. there's no real think, answer to that. I but. mean, you know. Yeah. You, 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 cer- certainly experience, uh, uh, you know, yeah. I mean, the times we've gone out with people who've herped areas and they know that area, we've had great mm-hmm. luck, right? I mean, you yeah. know, yeah. Or is, and, yeah. and, and, uh, <laughs> and, uh, uh, Jason, Steve and you know, Jason, yeah. Yep. So, I mean, both yeah. those guys, like, they know those areas, they know where to go, and we had great, you know, we had great luck when we yeah. went with them um but not to say you know like we wouldn't have found that on our own you yeah know, like possibly kind of you know or, it's, or, it's hard to say yeah, yeah i mean i think knowing where to expect them and and kind of a, a visual pattern you know those kind of things i think that definitely helps and and i think you can acquire a certain level of skill but you still have to chance on them yeah. at the right time in the right well, place yeah. you know but i mean like yeah. the other yeah the other part too is like um you know we're, we're like it was so it was so good when we were in anza because it was like all right go from here to here and you'll find this this and this so mm-hmm. i mean yeah boy, it's i mean yeah. that you know, knowledge you is hard to it, replace you call it sure. that when you can call yeah. it that good or you you know you know yep. where the locality of certain, like say, rosy bows. When you know where those localities start and end, and where you can find those kind, that, that I mean, that's just that's just experience yeah. and the, over time that yeah, you know, that was that was amazing to watch Jordan in action and then yeah. see you know like he knows the exact you know oh I he he's seen probably fifty rosy bows in this spot or something you know that kind of thing over over time and uh, knows. Okay, we can probably speed up here. We're, there's there's a low chance yeah. we're going to see this or that or the other here. Or, you know, this is the time to slow down and look closer or something. You know, yeah. but yeah, pretty fun. Yeah, I yeah, I, I uh, I'm I'm getting geared up. I'm really excited for for herping this yeah. season. That's going to be fun. For yeah, sure. We need to nail down some dates. You got some? I know. Well, yeah. I, so. I, Again, like I said, I've been super busy, so I've just been, you know, I got kind of a lot of changes going on with work and, and yeah, you know, busy, busy with my personal life. And uh, so I, I need to set aside where we're quickly approaching. So, um, yeah. you know, well, I think the nice, the nice thing is going to be, where, you know, I'm I don't know about you, but I don't give a shit about, you know, uh, nice accommodations or glamping or yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm mm-hmm. I'm planning on doing a tent and um, you <laughs> yep. know doing it doing it like Southern Arizona. So yep. um, sounds like yep. you know sounds like Jordan's yeah, kind of the same way. The same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, he's got nice. a bunch of rough it men. So we should be good. <laughs> yeah, we'll see see how it goes. That should be yeah. a fun trip. All right, um, forty three was working for the pros with Billy working Hunt for the pros. <laughs> that was cool to have Billy on and hear kind yeah. of his insights into you know working for a kind of a big name breeder. Or, or I guess he never did do that, did he? He, he um, tried or or offered and, and yeah, got rejected I, or something. I felt I thought I kind of thought he that had some be, experience, didn't he? I. I, I think he tried, but he never made it. So he just did it. Himself, oh yeah, you know? no, maybe you're right. The, I, well, I feel like he was. gave such good rationed arguments that I felt yeah. like he, had, you know what I mean? Like he, because well, he was the pro for working with the pros, yeah. wasn't he? Yeah, yeah I think wasn't I he think the pro side? I think. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess I need right. to revisit these. Well, maybe not. No, I, was he the con? Wasn't I the pro side? Sure. Wasn't I the? Maybe so. I, God, my memory's terrible. Yeah. Well, 
I mean, but we're doing I do remember that having Billy on was a nice thing. Yeah. <laughs> no, he, he does. He job. does a fantastic job of yeah. arguing, and he's he's, he's doing a great job with the you know reptile business. Definitely on his own. Definitely. So. Cool I gave him a run. I remember that. I remember yeah. that. So, yeah. Um, yeah, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I think again, like a lot of fight clubs, uh, you know, it, it kind of cuts both ways. Um, I think, you know, working for somebody mm-hmm. has its advantages. You're, you know, like I, we it's like, it's about. like herping with somebody experienced, yeah, you know, exactly. they kind of show you the shortcuts a little yep. bit, you know, yep. look under this piece of tin and you probably find something, you yep. know, so and, and, go back and, to that same spot and you might find something. And, and you're yeah. kind of, you're kind of stuck living in their success a little bit, right? Sure. Because, because yeah. their experience and their knowledge made them successful and that's what they're mm-hmm. kind of showing you and that's what you're learning. So you're not getting outside of that and, and yeah. you know potentially you're not you know i I, I, not to say you can't think out of the box too but you know it it, it, you know you're definitely you know i I know a lot of maybe pro breeders are like this is the way we do it here do it this way or find somewhere else you know for sure and i mean i completely understand you messing with their that makes sense i get why i get why i mean you know you know and if, if you mess working, up on their animals, then, you know, that's, their, yeah, that's, that's not good for that's them. Food so. on their table. So, yeah, exactly. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Good okay. stuff. Okay. All right. Next one 44 genetic defect and morphs. Like, oh, <laughs> should, boy. should we be breeding? <laughs> Did, uh, so, there was man, that new paper that came out that was. In a while, huh? I know. Yeah. I almost thought it was a dead It was a dead topic, but. <laughs> The, the new paper that came out talking about spider gene and ball pythons. Oh yeah, yeah. That it's a, it's an inner ear. it's an underdeveloped inner ear, ear yeah. rather Which, than okay. Well, you know, for for a long time, I think the the you know reigning hypothesis was that it was a neural, neural crest, crest migration, migration thing. Yeah. You know, with the reduced melanin, they thought that maybe that maybe. Uh, had reduced neural crest uh, mi- uh, migration as well, and so you you had um, defects in the mental uh, area. But this is just Wonky a balance, day. yeah, balance thing. So they have a fully <laughs> competent mental uh, brain. You know, their brain Alleg- is fine, alleg- but allegedly. it's just that. Allegedly, allegedly. yeah. <laughs> But, you know, I guess I've been busy or dizzy, busy. I've been dizzy, <laughs> you know, where you like, I don't know. For, so I started wearing earplugs when I swim and mm-hmm. then I have these little bone conduction headphones so I can listen to music while I work out, you know, I'll do my laps. In, in the, the water? In the pool. Oh, that's really uh-huh. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty Dude. fun. So it goes so through so audio? you can. How's the It's audio? not bad. Like, it's really? pretty dang good. Yeah. That's, so that's it's kind of fun. And and you know they've come come a little ways because I used to have some that you had to put in your ears and they had like little uh, earplug type things and so I wore those for a number of years and then after I switched to the bone conduction ones I you know I didn't have anything in my ears and I started swimming and I got really dizzy like I I didn't do well swimming laps with without earplugs in because yeah. the water would get in and throw my balance off, off and proprioception off so. Yeah. Now I have to wear earplugs when I swim, <laughs> but you know if I go snorkeling or something, I'm okay to huh. swim around it and snorkel without earplugs. But if I'm doing laps, I need earplugs in. It's kind That's of crazy. crazy. Yeah, and I and I one one fell out when I was in the pool the other day, and I couldn't find where it went or where I lost it, and so I had to go. And you were just like, a, and I have a, were, extra pairs in my swim bag, so I you were like a just one, a, but, like a jag in the water, just doing exactly. Loopy I, was just I don't know which way's up. I don't. <laughs> yeah. I'm freaking out, man. <laughs> yeah, so I I know how a jag feels. Yeah, yeah. And, and for the record, uh, my grandmother had when I was a little kid uh, had a rotary phone at her house. So we have we have gone from <laughs> I lived in the era of a rotary. Did you not phone have rotary phones? Now, what's that? You Oop. didn't have a rotary phone in your house? Uh, we I, I just your we, grandparents. We had them. Oh man! I, I, I mean, I I, I that's I guess, all we had back in the I guess, day. I, I, think, I guess. I guess my family, you know, I guess my dad was <laughs> were, hip, dude. I don't know what to you, say. Yeah, yeah. you guys were ahead of the curve yeah. there. So yeah, my we dad were, uh, my dad was like, we, we had, 
he he got a cellular one of the first like car cellular oh, really? phones uh, and uh, those giant bricks. Yeah, it was like it <laughs> yeah, was so we had one that pack. Carry, yeah, you carry it it's like a, a <laughs> the briefcase. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then the one that like <laughs> mounts with the cord to the big box mm. that was like in the back. So it was like yeah, yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, you guys are way I, out of the curve. I, I we were like rocking a, the rotary phone well into the in the, well. I think my parents still have one in their basement. <laughs> the awesome. rotary phone. That's awesome. Yeah, that's no, pretty I, funny. I, I showed my kids a rotary phone. They're like, "What do you do with that?" Like they yeah. did not. They did not. You know, like the, grasping the yeah. concept. So anyway, yeah. that is to say, crazy man from rotary phones to bone conduction headphones that you can listen to underwater. Yeah. Uh, pretty pretty crazy, man. Pretty crazy. Yeah, technology is fun. Yeah, I, but you know, it makes you think. Is so. I don't know. Does that change our thoughts on you know jags and should they be bred? Because it's not a a mental defect. It's not a mental you know a brain dysfunction. It's a just an inner ear balance thing. Should they? You know, I don't know. Should I they mean, be kept I, and bred. <laughs> I. I, I Again, like I cannot speak to, yeah, I cannot speak to like other people's ethic of like Mm -hmm. what, what, where their line is. I just know that, you know, I was cool with Jags and I bred Jags until I got one that was really fucked up and that Mm -hmm. really bothered me. And most people that I know that have you know got have similar experiences where they're like ah this thing is just so bad like i feel so bad it's not like you know maybe it eats and is fine and you know does all of its normal functions but gosh it's just like thud 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 like you know yeah, yeah so I, I you know it, for, to, for me it's like nothing you know even if they they told me that you know with you know, reptile therapy, they could cure it. I, I don't know that I don't know that I would change my mind if I saw an animal that was, you know, like I just I think coastals are really cool and, and jags are okay, you know, and mm-hmm. you know, some of the crosses that they that jag that, you know, are made with jags are cool, but you know, I feel like the lackluster of jags wore off for me and I just you know, the, the luster of, of regular ass carpets hasn't. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you want to yeah. breed them, breed them, but it's not my, <laughs> it's not my thing. It's not my yeah. thing. I, I think I've just kind of lost, lost much interest for morphs yeah. in general, but you know, yeah, I agree. I, I, I do, I do appreciate the look of a nice, I mean, I, yeah. Sure. Like, I yeah. mean, going through the book, like seeing mm-hmm. morphs, like, Oh, that's awesome. That's cool. But you know, th- is that what, you know, is that what blows my skirt up? You know, keep it here at the house? No, not anymore. <laughs> I got you know? I got much more excited over the wild type stuff. Yeah, I, I think. You know, I mean, thinking and, about seeing some of those wild carpets. Just, and that's yeah, the that's I guess what that's my boat. I guess that's the other half is when you look yeah. at some of the wild stuff and how different and how just like how it blows your 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 archetypal uh, thoughts of what this carpet or that carpet is. Then mm-hmm. yeah, I, I mean, you know. Yeah. deal done for me so moving on yeah <laughs> diverse versus specialized collections and mm. i think this was this is kind of timely with uh i listened to alan rapashi on project herpeticulture and, and yeah you know what a great show um he was talking about you know kind of have you uh, reached a little bit of the responsibility not yet i, I need okay to. you got it yeah i saw that did you saw uh, you saw you saw ron yeah, and, yeah i did so yeah. there there i just don't know if i have time before my work trip to right right give right that, give that justice so we'll have yeah, to yeah. put a you know get us get that scheduled but yeah. that, that'll be a fun you gotta, discussion you gotta get um yeah but, but kind of his ahead. his take on you know we kind of have a responsibility for some of these species to establish them you know mm-hmm. so instead of buying a pair of you know 50 different species we buy 50 pairs of one species or you know that kind of yeah. thing so i think that's uh you know uh, that definitely would provide some genetic diversity and um a, a future you know source for that species 
Um, now, how do you, you know, how and, do you uh, feel about the idea that like, well, let's say you're, you know, you're not, you're not, uh, you're not wide, but you're deep, you know? Uh, yeah. uh, what happens? I mean, I when, enjoy. Yeah, of okay. course. I, I think, yeah. I think I, I, I definitely think that's kind of a, a way to go. And I think it's a, a good mm-hmm. model moving forward, you know, I think, but, but you know, what happens when, um, you know, something like your health declines and you stop mm-hmm. breathing it and it, and it becomes the, um, um, the Bert Langworth. Uh, so Bert, thank you. Yeah. you. Yep. You yeah. took that. Thank you. Yeah. That, so, I mean, and, and that's, that, yeah, to me, that's the real, that's really the issue. And, and gosh, man, yeah. I hate, you know, I hate to say it and, and it's not, you know, it's not in whole, but mm-hmm. you know, w- the Tracy really showed me like, it's about the challenge for most people. And once it's been done, they're kind of like, eh, I don't care about that as much anymore. Yeah. Somebody did it. So you, it's, it, it, you know, you do have to find those passionate individuals that yeah, just care, yeah. you know, that care so much about this. Sure. And that's hard to do because people's interests change. I mean, yep. you know, and people's I, situations I, change. And so it's yeah. like, you know, yeah. it, and especially you, you, with a, a large snake or, you know, a big yep. python or something, yeah, you know, it's hard sure. to uh, justify that. Um, and, and, you know, I, I think that we do have to consider, especially with with hobbyist breeders, you know, Mm-hmm. And maybe maybe he's speaking more to professional breeders, but hobbyist breeders. I mean, if maybe maybe it does go more towards hobbyist breeders, though. I don't know. It's hard to say because we you know we can't sit on fifty, sixty babies. That, you know, if you're if you're producing from all those, yeah. Animals. And I feel I, like I mean, professional breeders they, they have to chase a market. Yeah. You know what I mean? They don't. Yeah. They, don't yeah. have a choice in some. So it cases. does kind now, of fall on the hobbyists, right? I, Rather than yeah, I mean, know, I, I they think those are the breed those are the people with disposable, you know, quote unquote disposable income to yeah. chase their, you know, whatever mm-hmm. whatever is their their you know preferred well, reptile or, or, or you, passion or avenue yeah. or thing or, or you make your market, you know, you, you yeah. get people excited, you know, personal people can do that. I'm not the the best for that like i don't go to a lot of reptile shows i don't you know yeah. interact with many people other than you and a couple others you know and it, it, but, it's it's yeah, i feel like that's tricky. such a hard that's such a hard thing making your own mm-hmm. market too like you're literally yeah. you know either and, and so this is my thing is either the animal really is a great you know a, a, a great species to work with or it's kind of not, or it's kind of nipper in like, you know, it's got, Hey, it's, it's really pretty, but it's not personable. So, you know, it's, mm-hmm. it's not a handleable pet. It's, you know, it's, there's, there's, you know, you got to find the right, um, the right nipper for it. Right. And, and so, yeah. you know, the idea of like trying to make something more mainstream than maybe it ever will be is kind of a tough, yeah. you know, well, and I, I've kind of found that with Western Stimson's pythons. Mm-hmm. Like, I've got a pretty big collection. I mean, this, the the downside is is they're kind of a bottleneck. You know, they only came from yeah. a pair or, or two, you know, and so it's really hard to diversify that. But, you know, I've got a lot of breeders. I don't produce from each pair every year, and I try to mix it up, so... I you mean, know, you get a little diversity, but <laughs> you know. And we kind of agree that a lot of carpets kind of stuff came from yeah. a pair yeah. or something, or like, and yeah, maybe there's limited some, gene pools. Yeah, I mean, we're a lot know. of the Australian stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so I'm not too too worried about that, but at the same yeah. time, it's like you know, I'm I'm I feel like I'm kind of doing that for that species. Mm-hmm. You know, I agree. So I agree, or subspecies or whatever you want to call it but yeah locality yeah <laughs> um so you know race. i, I uh, race i feel like i i'm happy to have those but you know if my herp room burned down tomorrow like that would be a big loss in regards to western stems i've been yeah. very fortunate and, and done very well with those um and I've put them in quite a few hands, so hopefully yeah. there's you know a bunch out there that you know I could get. And some I, th- I think that's down a, the road. If that's a great. Something. I think that's a great example, and and Antaresia for you is a great example of of yeah. you know kind of specializing in a group of pythons that really you know wasn't like I don't I mean 
I don't know that they were necessarily underrepresented, but mm-hmm. but you know, I, I definitely think you have done well enough with them and, and across you know the 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 genus that um you know they're out there you know like the westerns are they're out there now that mm-hmm. those probably aren't going anywhere and so yeah. you know you, you know if if god forbid that did happen you know probably wouldn't be the end of western stems in this country right so yeah, yeah. you know that's they're, a, they're in a, kudos a justin hands yeah kudos so, you know you know I, I i don't know that i take complete credit for that because there's others that have come in sure you know, through through sure. europe and stuff but um so it is what it is. But, yeah, I, I feel like I've done I, – I, I don't know of anybody else who has produced as many as I have in the U.S. You know, well, very, very very rarely is anything in reptiles a singular effort, right? Sure. Yeah. So – Yeah, and you, know. and you need that. Like I said, like if you're – I mean, even with Bert, like he he had the, this amazing collection. He had several different, you know, pairs of, of different species, hard-to-find species. And he was producing a lot of animals and selling a lot of animals. And I think that's kind of a double-edged sword because when people look at something and say, oh, it's just a common, you know, it's a $50 uh, water uh, uh, water dragon, Australian water dragon, uh, you know, I only need a pair of those. I don't want to buy, you know, six pairs of those. Mm-hmm. And so when he dies, everybody that just had a pair or, you know, wasn't actively producing. And who wants to com- try to compete with Bert, you know? Right. Exactly. You've got, I, I'm not going to set up some giant, because uh, he's the Australian water dragon guy. Why would I set up, you know, 20 breeders to try to compete? But I, I think that's kind of the wrong, wrong attitude to have because, you, you know, I, I think, uh, well, especially maybe if you're it's a not hobbyist, the wrong you don't attitude. have to breed yeah, those. I mean, you know, he, or, maybe or you don't you have can... to set up twenty pairs, but mm-hmm. maybe it's you know, maybe the the attitude is you should breed them, but you have to breed them at a you know, maybe everyone should breed them at a level that's you know, yeah, isn't quite well, so. Or, or cor- once you're kind of like, market-ish. yeah, I mean, I, obviously, you know, a, a death is is hard to predict, but like sure. you know, you. You've bred them for a decade, and you're like, okay, maybe it's time to move this yeah. project onto somebody else and give somebody an, an opportunity to kind of run with a, a larger scale project. But yeah. again, that's hard to find, you know, who yep. who's who's uh, in the, especially when he's keeping them in those self designed outdoor caging and things like that. You know, it's yeah. tricky. And and I believe somebody did buy a Gamma International after he passed away, but. I didn't see much after that. Like, yeah, kept going. Funny. I don't think it's still going. So, kind of sad. All right. Well, yep. so, moving something on. to think about. Yeah, I think time to move on. Um, the next one was our one year celebration. Yay! A quiz show. So, quiz show. just for that, let's flip a coin. We need to see. All who's right. Gonna I feel like week. yeah, yeah. Uh, that's tails. It's heads. Sorry, Fuck. buddy. I'll take the win this week. All right. Well, <laughs> moving on <All> again. Right. <laughs> yeah. No need to now, dwell outdoor on keeping. Clothes. This was a great Ooh. show with Ron St. Pierre, yeah. the man, the myth, the legend. Um, that was a lot of fun to to hear his stories about outdoor, the challenges of keeping animals outdoors. The and, outdoor uh, Mike Tyson of Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yep, we got a. Get him in here to, to battle another heavyweight, uh, Alan Rapashi. So Alan Rapashi, Holyfield, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there we go. Um, but, yeah, that was really interesting to hear some of the, the challenges that you wouldn't think of, you know, where mm-hmm. a tree line is or, you know, setting up a cage and thinking about the different seasons that are coming up, you know, that you need to consider or unexpected high amounts of rain or snow or cold, you know, when you're not anticipating yeah. it or you need to have that plan for what to do when those inclement weather, uh, hits or a flood or something, you know, you need to have a place for all those animals to go and, and a plan, you know, that's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. Cause when, you know, weather was coming, he'd be out there covering up all the cages with thick plastic and, and protect them from the weather and they could, you know, endure in those cages outside. Yeah. Very rarely would we have to pull them in, you know, maybe a hurricane or something. But yeah, I don't know. I think there's, you know, that's a lot easier to control indoors. And I, I remember uh, Frank Reedy's talking about that where, you know, he kept all those monitors and he kept some outdoors and he said it just wasn't as 
he, his production wasn't as good outdoors as it was yeah. indoors. So, but you, know, you look at you, you look at Ron and his and his, his and his um, you know Ackies and and yeah. the, the roaches that he's got going on and he I mean he yeah. you know said oh I Free wasn't food. you know no they weren't eating the food I was giving uh, them but they were just fat and happy mm-hmm. and you know I, I feel like as long as they're getting their other requirements I mean yeah. that's that's pretty much Ackies you know that's like feed them heat them you know breed them that's. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty much that. So I, I think a lot of it really has a lot to do with, you know, some of the, you know, and I mean, I don't think Ron intended to breed roaches in that, in that kind of composting pile, but he kind of did. And that's, it was a know, surprise. Like, he yeah. Didn't know surprise. They were right. Staying so fight and fat yeah. and not eating so, the food. So yeah, that was a cool revelation. And yep. then just, you know, it's really hard to, to mimic the, outdoors you Mm -hmm. know in a in an enclosure so if you can have a larger outdoor that's you know subject to the elements we don't know the effects of like cold and hot spells and you know brumation and hibernation and and uh estivation even you know yeah uh so those are those are different things that you know we can that could benefit them in some unmeasurable way for sure no i mean i think you know, definitely from keeping my diamonds outside, like, you know, the seasonal signal outside is very strong, very mm-hmm. strong compared yeah. to inside, right? Like, yeah. they're definitely, there's no missing the cue that they're getting, you know, being mm-hmm. outside. So, I, yeah. you know, and I think that is, that is kind of a, you know, if not one of the big, like, should be a big indicator to people of like, hello, like, okay, mm-hmm. maybe, you know, I need to rethink how I think. Um, sure. Especially so. with diurnal reptiles too. Yeah. Like, you know, trying Definitely. to mimic the sun in a cage is not, I mean, then, you know, where I live, I, I, I'm only able to keep stuff outdoors. Maybe, you know, depending on the species, maybe three yeah. or four months, five, yeah. four, five months out of the year at the most, you know, so otherwise the conditions are just not, uh, great <laughs> yeah for that and and you know i think you like like ron said you kind of go through some pain you know mm-hmm. you go you know you build a cage and then you realize oh it's in the wrong spot now i got to tear it down and start over or yeah you know now these animals aren't going to breed this year because they didn't get this you know the the sun they needed or something so yeah. you know that can be a, a tricky thing and a painful and expensive thing if you you know it's hard. They're hard earned lessons and, and sure. expensive lessons sometimes. Yeah, I mean, but you know, clear, the benefits that they can have may outweigh those. So. Clearly, Ron's big thing is he's paid the piper to get the experience, you know, and and having to do iterations that this didn't work or that didn't work, and having to go yeah. back and redo it again. And you know, that's mm-hmm. you know, that's part of that dedication to figuring it out. That's why. Sure. That's why he's the man. You know what I mean? Yeah. Most people and, and be the like, other, oh, the other, I screwed this up. I'm moving on, you know? Yeah, right. The other thing I, I liked about Bert's philosophy was keep stuff that will survive, you know, your yeah. your climate. And yeah. there is a guy down in Salt Lake that keeps uh, Russian tortoises out year, outdoors year-round. He gives them, like, a big bale of hay or something to go under during, you know, the winter months, covers it yeah. up with plastic so they're protected from the snowfall. But they stay outdoors and babies hatch in his yard you know mm-hmm. so they're basically just wild tortoises living in in a fenced in enclosure in utah so yep. you know that's that's uh, kind of cool and you know the i think if you're choosing the right species like i you know i kind of saying oh five months but you could keep some species outdoors year round yeah bert seemed sure. to think i could keep uh, water dragons you know for the most part outdoors uh, mm-hmm. as long as I protected them from the elements. So kind of cool. Um, anything else to add to that? Nah. Moving on. <laughs> All right. Tech for reptiles. Tech um, for reptiles. Tech for reptiles. It's it's uh, great when it works. If it malfunctions, it can make your life kind of miserable for a bit, you know? And, yeah. You know, heat, heat uh, tape burning down your reptile room is not the best you know those kind of things. so yeah choose your tech wisely uh you know a lot of times we make decisions based on cost or you know things like that and and sometimes the animals pay the price for that so we need to keep that in mind if you're if you're looking at tech but i think there's a lot of cool new um 
and and fairly affordable things that could up our game a bit. You know the the little uh, what are the Govi Govies is that what they are? Yeah, little Govi uh, remote <clears throat> temperature chips where you can put them in a cage and see the cycle. You know the the temperature cycle in your cage and yeah. Um, different things like that i i I bought a bunch for the incubator i'm going to try to you know do a couple different studies to see yeah to try try some different incubation techniques or temperatures see their effects but nice so yeah things like that and the you know the ultrasound i'm kind of excited to mess with that that's a pretty cool tech gadget to see inside your snake to see if she's developing follicles or i i heard somebody say that you can uh, sex animals that way, but I'm, uh, huh. I'm, I might have to give that a try. See if yeah. there's anything you can see to, you know, f- with males and females. But um, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of fun to uh, if you can get some some of the like I, I I heard them talking about this on carpets and coffee. I think it was where they were talking about the ipers and their like gradual lighting that started on one side of the cage and moved across the top to the other side, kind of like simulating sunrise and sunset and, yeah. and like lightning. And, you know, when they have storms roll through, they have lightning strike, you know, flashes, and, flashes you know, like strobe light. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's kinda, cool. Uh, you know, I think that might be more for, I don't know. Yeah, if sure. I, have any effect I mean, on I, the reptiles, maybe it's no, more for the keepers, but yeah, still kind of cool that we, but can, I mean, I think, you know, it, it's, it's one of those things where you're kind of pushing the, the aesthetic of, of, yeah. of your keeping and, and, and there's definitely a place for that. Right. Like I think, yeah. you know, and you know, who knows, maybe it does have an effect and you know, they'll, I, th- I think certainly zoos. Or- I think certainly zoos, with the amount of people that they get through there, could yeah. you know go as far as they should or could go with their aesthetic to sure. make the experience. You know, even if the experience is more valuable for the the human than it is for the animal, mm-hmm. um, you know. Yeah. Please. But new technologies with LEDs and different yeah. you know, UV wavelengths and things like that, that's kind of exciting to think about. And yeah. hopefully that progresses and, and becomes a very useful part of our hobby and things like that. Yeah. All Agreed. right. Next yeah. next one, uh, episode 49, Breeding Females Over Subsequent Years. Mm. Um, I saw a recent uh, discussion. I think it was from uh, Dominique uh, Carboneau. Mm-hmm. Uh, who we had on the show a little while back, uh, yep. where he had a female jungle that he was trying to give a year off and she laid eggs. You know, she lays eggs pretty much every year, whether she's been with a male or not. And, and I think in captivity where they have kind of that, you know, an unending supply of resources, um, the proper heat, the pretty mild temperatures, as far as that goes, uh, endless food, you know, the females are probably thinking, Hey, this is great. I'm, I'm going to put my genes out there. So, you know, it's not to say that you have to hatch out every egg that that's laid, but you know, sometimes they're going to lay whether you breed them or not. And it's not really, I mean, in the end, (laughs) it's not really up to you no matter how much you want to think that it is. So, um, yeah. So that's, uh, uh, I think they, you know, in, in captivity, most, most, and I think there are definitely some exceptions to those rules, you know, certain snakes that maybe, um, it reproduction's a little harder on them, mm-hmm. maybe like a green tree python or, you know, maybe they're not designed or, or evolved to, uh, reproduce over subsequent years. They yeah. only reproduce every third year or something. And so every year might be a little much, but, uh, yeah, I think a lot of lot of factors, a lot of lot of a lot of variables there. Yeah, definitely a fun topic to to discuss. Mm-hmm. And then uh, number fifty, uh, caging, do it yourself or purchase. Ooh, so tough, so tough. Yeah, I did. I, I, mean, I did purchase some cages recently. <laughs> they're the uh, uh, they're from Dubia dot com. That you kind of Dubia. assemble them yourself. Mm, yeah, they come like broken down. Uh huh. They're like uh, metal they pl- they pl- uh, they, tracks, oh, okay. and you slide the PVC into them and stuff. So, oh, I got you. Yeah. I got you. 
Yeah. What I do put you a think? Few of them together. Uh, they're not bad. I, I uh, installed some lights in there. Um, did, are the, and, did you have your Gurnia in these? No, no. Those okay. were uh, Exoterras. Exos? Okay. Decked okay. out for, yeah. These these were recent pub, uh, purchases. Reaches. And, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. So I set up uh, a stack of them for Blue Tongue Skinks. So ah. I think I have six of them. So. Yeah, I think I'm I'm fairly happy with them, you know, for the price especially. I think they were only like 125 bucks or something yeah, like that, you know, for I think they're what, 3 foot by 18 inches or something. Oh, nice. So, yeah. Yeah. That's a pretty not, good price a, for those. A little bigger than they had before. They have yeah. lighting, you know, and, and all this. Well, they had lighting before, but <laughs> you know, little little uh more compact uh yeah. compared to what I had them in before. So I'm I'm pretty happy with them now. They they don't have a lot of height on them. I think they're only 12 inches tall. But for a blue tongue skink, that's I was going to say our blue tongue skinks yeah. like you know <laughs> yeah, falling out of trees. I mean, Ron says they'll they'll climb quite a bit. And I, I, yeah, the that's fair. Cages he made, you know, but um, I think they're okay to sit on the ground as yeah. well. So yeah, yeah. Um, giving them you know a lot of cage furniture to move in and, and under and around. So yeah, hopefully it uh, keeps them happy, but. Yeah, they seem to be doing all right in those. Uh, just got them set up uh, a couple weeks ago. So nice, yeah. nice. Yeah, so I, I typically mean, I, like the DIY, but uh, there was an yeah, exception. Yeah, I, I mean, I, you know, I done both. I yeah. I, you know, we're getting I, old. We have less time. Yeah, we're dude. Busy, I, I mean, know. I got yeah, exactly. I've only yeah. got so many. I've only got so many days. hours in my life left. So yeah, do I want to spend it building cages or? Yeah. Just let the professionals do it, and, and <laughs> yeah, you know, spend spend and the money. Cost and, was always an issue for me earlier yeah. on, you know. So no, for sure, for sure, DIY to save money, but and you know, there's nothing wrong with that, and I probably still will will do it from here because you can design it how you want it, and you know, a lot of these cookie cutter cages are based on you know the size of a sheet of plywood. Or, well, now or you're a, a multi-millionaire. You, now you're a multi-millionaire, <laughs> multi-published author and world-renowned. <laughs> only so. books made a lot of money. Right? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I, I feel you. Uh, I feel you. But uh, I am down to one one case, one and a oh, half cases of mm, the books. So nice. They sell pretty well. Yeah. Yeah, that's um, good. I think I'm. I need to put another order in. I get some more. Yeah. yeah Pick yeah. up some more books if they if they have many left. I think we've sold quite a quite a few of them. So an excuse yeah. to go they're going to be out of print before we know it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just sent off a book book or two today. So nice, good times. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I I do. I I mean, I'm a I'm a crafty guy. You know, I mm-hmm. I I definitely see the value in being able to kind of construct something that works to your specifications or to your liking, which may not always be the most reasonable thing when you're having somebody else build cages or whatever, but gosh, mm-hmm. man, you know, um, PVC, those, those, you know, high precision PVC cages, they're, you know, great tolerances or durable cages. They work really well. You know, I just, yeah. I, it's tough That's to true. beat those things. Tough those ones them. I got from you are, are working yeah. great. And, so and, and yeah. you know, I, I just got I just got some some animal plastic cages and they're yeah. doing great. I love them. So it's like yeah, yeah I, I yep. tough to tough to poo poo those nice cages like that. Yeah. But I mean if you can get the, the plastic for you know, you can probably make the yeah. cages for about half the price. It, yeah, especially when it's you just, get it cut and all ready yeah. to go, you just assemble them and I just I bad. really I really like the you know, you put it on a CNC yeah. lathe and it's like, you know, sure. down to the thousandth uh, five you mm-hmm. know, two, three thousandths of an inch, like you know, that's yeah. um I that's that's kinda it's kind of nice, you know. Yeah, yeah it's nice. Everything goes sure. together exactly. And you know, you're yeah. never, you know, when you're when you're cutting it, that trust me, your <laughs> spot ain't that square. So yeah, right. You know. Yeah, that's but for but, sure. but at the same time, like you know. Um, but there's options for that. Yeah, yeah you can have sure. Lowe's or Home Depot cut it there, and yeah, know, their table saw ain't that square. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, not as square as a CNC. That's for yeah, sure. Definitely. Yeah. So. All right. Well, that's our uh, clip show. We're, uh, we're through another great. 10 episodes. All right. Nice. Um, nice. So, you know, if if you didn't hear any of those and they sounded interesting, go back and, you know, give them a shot. Give them a listen. See, 
see if you have any uh, additional insights or ideas for uh, you know to build on those topics. We're happy to take any suggestions, and yeah, um, yeah, we appreciate all the all the suggestions that have been made and the people who've come on. It's been a lot of fun. So, yeah, um, looks like uh, any I don't know any uh, big topics to bring up. Looks like our buddy Lucas got a clutch of Womas on the ground. So Lucas they were nice is looking too, dude. Woma, <laughs> yeah, he's a Woma man. Woma I know man. he's got a couple of clutches, didn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah. Freaking, cool. he's gonna be swimming in Woma. He's gonna regret yeah. his woman, his womanism. <laughs> yeah, he's womanizing. Yes, <laughs> the, he's a womanizer. Womanizer. Woma, woma uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, now, as long as hey, he's making, that's your job. What, yeah. what am I making these things up for? <laughs> I'm sure Lucas Sack is very proud of him. <laughs> that was him. Yeah. <laughs> we got to make sure that's clear. We we yeah. we really uh, like Zach and and uh, would never you know ridicule him if it wasn't from his. No, his student. no, his son gave him a nickname. That wasn't. Yeah. Us. That was not yeah. us. So. <laughs> Yeah, I listened to uh, Clubrids and Clubroid last night while I was uh, cleaning the rodents, and uh, um, they had Connor Wardle on, who's breeding uh, coach whips. So nice. that's kind of a cool thing, you know, less seen <laughs> species that's worked with, but such a cool snake. I would just feel, I feel like coach whips would cage. be hard to breed. Yeah, like <laughs> yeah. Just, they they need a room size cage. Right? They're like, like a, <laughs> the the United States uh, reticulated python but yeah. yeah they're just so active and so fast yeah, i mean fast. they can cover uh, you know 20 feet in a half a second almost yep. you know, they're yep. really fast snakes they're the usain bolt of there you yeah. go yeah i Literally still remember me me and, <laughs> yeah me and ben were out herping uh, st george and we had a, there was it was a a herp trip like for yeah. the herpetology class and so we were out there and we saw a coach whip and it went under a rock and so we're like okay we got this one there's no way he's gonna get away so <laughs> me and this and it was a pretty big rock me and this other guy lifted the rock and we're like okay ben we lift it you grab it we lifted it up the snake went right through his legs before he even had a yeah, chance to just, react and it was no- like it was gone, like no, no catching this. Yeah, I feel, I feel like so those snakes, impressive. like they, they view life in more frames per second than we do. Mm, like they're just yeah. gone, and they're like something, uh, you yeah. know, like yeah. But I, I think they're such cool snakes. Yeah, yeah. I caught a striped whip snake uh, down in southern Utah when I went with my daughter. Um, we saw, I saw it out and then it zipped into this bush and like under a rock or something. And so I thought, well, maybe we come back here and it'll still be there. And we came back and it was, was kind of partway in the bush and, and he wasn't paying attention. I was able to grab him before nice. he took off. I don't even think he tried to bite me. It was pretty, a nice snake. They're, 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 at least they're like, look, if you can catch me, fine. Yeah. <laughs> I I'll respect. Be, I'll yeah. be respectful. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And we were pretty calm, you know, pretty easy going with it. Yeah. Like it was, yeah. it did musk me. That's not the best smell, but nah. I found a nice trick for that. If you get that schweeze on your hands from a snake, you can grab like a, a sagebrush and just rub the sagebrush oh, yeah. in your hands. It takes the smell away. It's, it's kind of nice. Then you got a nice sage smell instead yeah. of that foul. Squeeze. Yeah, you just got to yeah. get got to get sage get squeezed in Southern California. There's plenty of sage. <laughs> yep, white yeah. sage. Don't white get squeezed unless you've got sage. Yep. All right. Well, anything else to add? I I got nothing. I got nothing. Shout out to the Podfather, uh, MoreliaPythonsRadio.com. Uh, give them a listen. Oh, the upcoming. Uh, Carpet Fest. Oh, yes. Yeah, they announced it. Is it was it August twelfth? I think I'm going to make the trip out there. Are you? Nice. I got to make a Northeast Carpet Fest, so I'm I'm going to plan on it. I think Uh, finally make it make the pilgrimage to the to the fatherland or whatever you call that. It's good. Well, I don't think Eric has to worry about you jumping off his roof into his pool. Well, that was what I was going to do. That's That was the whole reason I'm going. <laughs> <That> was, <laughs> <laughs> oh, you uh, wild man. You Eric's in for it, man. He, I'm all jacked up on those Lady DDP. Woo! He thought, he thought Wheeler was crazy, man. Wait yeah. till he gets a load of me. Yeah, no, he's right. He's been on trips with me. He knows, yeah. he knows what I'm capable of. Yep. He just all give right. me enough dirty soda, and I'm 
I'm a party Take, animal. Give me that dirty soda. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, August 12th is when, when they're having Carpet Fest. So, I don't know. You, you going you gonna to try to make that? You think you know. could make it? Yeah, no? Nah, I doubt it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll represent the RFC. Yep. Uh, yeah, you gotta hold it down for me. Challenged a lot of them. We'll That's do right. One of those. That's right. Yeah. Show those. I'll do East a rapid Coast fire fight. Up. You know. There yeah. You go. There you go. <laughs> we'll get a bunch of them to fight me all at once. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. All right. Well, this has been another episode of Reptile Fight Club. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week. Julinder coming off the top turnbuckle. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs>